0: Welcome to the Cairo Radio Rundown, the podcast where we collect all the hosts' takes on the biggest stories of the week and force them to compete involuntarily. It's like horse races. Do you ever think about how horses don't necessarily understand they're in a race? One minute, they're hanging out with their friends, probably having a good time. Then all of a sudden, their boss is screaming at them to run as fast as they can. The rundown's like that. The hosts are horses, and I'm Jake Romo, by day, the producer of the Tom and Curly Show, and by night, the jockey responsible for whipping the hosts with my metaphorical riding crop into a comprehensible podcast. And in both the case of the horses and horse races and hosts on the rundown, both parties seem pretty confused about what's going on when I try to explain it to them. Today we're going to talk about the coronavirus. We're going to start by talking about the hopefully soon-to-roll-out vaccine and how it will be rolled out in Washington state. Here's reporter Hannah Scott explaining the strategy the State Department of Health published this week that lays out who will get priority when the vaccine is released.
1: So it's expected it'll be limited when it is available. No more than 500,000 doses, I believe, for our state is the expectation in the initial round. So they have... uh, uh, this plan that's, again, very uh, fluid and, and will, will likely change over time. They are looking at first responders, possibly nursing home residents, um, health care workers, folks like that who might get these initial round. But they also want to talk to these communities of color and make sure that those uh, communities that have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19 they have an opportunity to get some as as well in the early phases. So that's all still being worked out. With um, communities that are disproportionately impacted by COVID, um, we're also talking with essential workers and the business sector. Um, key groups include the African-American and Black communities, Latinx communities, Pacific um, Islander communities, immigrant and refugee communities, older adults, people experiencing homelessness, farm workers, people with underlying health conditions, and individuals with disabilities. So in that group, you'll see a lot of the people who we know have been disp- um, disproportionately impacted um, by COVID disease or some of the places where we've seen um, outbreaks happening.
0: The second voice you hear there is Assistant State Health Secretary Michelle Roberts. Dave Ross of Seattle's Morning News asked Hannah why it seemed so overly complicated.
2: Wow, this is really <laughs> complicated. I thought it was just a matter of making sure, uh, just having the vaccine available in all the all the drugstores and, and doctor's offices, and you go in and get it. Why would it be any different than the, than the flu vaccine? I mean, like a month ago, I walked in, got my flu vaccine. It, you know, took ten minutes, and it was over with.
1: Again, because of kind of the way we've seen everything roll out on such a large scale, they have lessons that they say they've learned back in the, with the H1N1 vaccine when it came uh-huh. out. That was there were issues there, um, and and she said they are using, you know, their regular vaccine kind of system that they use for all other vaccines as their starting point but there's just much more involved when it comes to the covid vaccine and especially when everybody's going to be wanting it and especially when you're talking about limited availability at the beginning so that's why hopefully the months that they have to work this out they should be ready to go once it gets here we'll see
0: tom Tangney and john Curley also got a chance to ask hannah a bunch of questions about this and one thing that came up when they talked about it was how many people would actually be willing to get the vaccine
1: looks like august maybe half of americans said that they were going to get it. The COVID vaccine, when it was widely available, uh, the latest pulled from a couple of days ago, that's up to about 58%. Uh,
0: I was
2: going to say, so half don't think uh, COVID-19 can kill them. Or the uh, vaccine is suspect. That's the other way.
1: Right. They it. don't trust the vaccine. And there's been a big push since the minute the pandemic hit. The yeah. anti-vaccination folks in our state have been preparing for when the vaccination is going to be here. You know, there's always worries and rumors about whether it's going to be mandatory, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they've got their own crowds working it as well. John
0: broadened the conversation quite a bit by bringing up this 2006 flu vaccine study about who it's most helpful to give vaccines to first. In 2006, we talked about the flu vaccines and they did a study and
2: what they found was you can either go for mortality or you can go for transmission so you say let's the 65 year old is less likely to have the antibodies that could help convert the vaccine into uh, properly sort of uh, vaccinating the individual from getting it so rather than giving it a vaccine to the 65 year old give it to a 14 to 50 year old who is more likely to possibly transmit it to the 65 year old instead of giving it to the 65 and older because their body isn't able to, uh, you know, have the thing work properly through their immune system. And they did a study in 1968 in, in Michigan where they all they did was vaccinate um, one two groups of uh, people. They just did school age kids and the school age kids. This is the flu, which is different how it gives it, but. But they vaccinated just the school age kids and the transmission was lower and less elderly people died in that community compared to the other community. So that's the difference. between Because
1: the the disease isn't out there as much because those those transmitters aren't are are getting the vaccine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tom, you'll be in line. You're going to be first in line. (laughs) Well, actually, I'd rather my mother be first in line. But you raise all sorts of uh, really fascinating, philosophical and troubling issues, I suppose, if we got to the point where we had to decide between saving my 89-year-old mother or saving, uh, you know... uh, a 40-year-old African-American or whomever. uh, Those kinds of choices, I think,
0: are not going to have to be made, at least yet.
1: And none of it's going to matter unless they get a lot more buy-in from the community than 58%.
0: The rest of the shows didn't get into the nitty-gritty of the vaccine situation, but they still had plenty to say about COVID. Here's Jack Stein filling in for Dory, making a case for
3: reopening schools. So this study comes out, and it says more than 200,000 K-12 through students across 47 states Uh, uh, The Wall Street Journal reports Wednesday shows that the coronavirus case rate is minuscule, 0.13%, leaving critics of virtual and hybrid learning programs demanding that students be allowed to return to in-classroom instruction, to which I say yes, to which I say yes, 100%. Now, people say to me, critics of Jack Stein say to me, they say, Jack, Think of the teachers. You are literally telling those teachers to go back to work and to enter their graves. How dare you? To which I say, hey, well, wait a minute. Um, let's say that a group of teachers are at risk. Why can't they Zoom room in? Why can't they be a fun little TV in the front of the classroom? Why can't that be a thing? Why do we have to uh, 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 have it one way or the other? Why does it have to be totally 100% one way or 100% the other way? Why don't we just split the baby? Seems to make a lot of sense to me to just say, okay, well, uh, there are certain teachers who are at risk, certain older teachers, maybe they're in their 60s, maybe they're in their 70s, uh, maybe they're a smoker, maybe they're asthmatic, maybe they got diabetes, have them Zoom room in, and we'll just take care of it that way. And then people say, well, Jack, what? you're just going to let the children run around, it's going to be total anarchy, who's going to coordinate the children, who's going to take them to PE, who's going to open up their, their uh, milk boxes, to which I say, well, why don't we get a bunch of young college students... Who, <laughs> who want teaching credentials or people who are already in the teaching credential program and we have them go and we have them be yard duties and hall monitors and teachers assistants who are actually in the classroom. Talk about young people who are maybe they're 23, 24, 25 years old who are not at risk or as at a high of risk of contracting COVID-19. You can split the baby on these kinds of things. You can really try to figure out a way, a system for kids to go back to school. But I am under the impression that nobody wants to hear that. All right. Moving over to
0: the Jean Ursula show. And I don't think I've ever actually done this before. They had producer Andrew Lynn also known as Chef, chime in to talk about how frustrated he is with the behavior of the society at large.
4: Yeah, most people are wearing masks, but most people are stretching the number of people that they see each week. Most people are stretching it on, oh, you know what, Uh, it's okay, we've seen each other a couple times, go ahead and come indoors, yeah, it's cool, take your mask off. All those uncomfortable conversations. I have to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit upset this morning because um, I feel like I have been doing everything the right way. I haven't seen my friends and I don't know this whole time. I know. I think you've been the best. And I'm doing that because I'm allowing other people within my household to sort of pick up that slack. If we move backwards, if we move backwards, which is entirely possible, we're not going to go all the the way back to phase one, but we can see preschools close. We can see moms and dads lose their jobs and give up their careers because other people were making selfish selfish decisions. We can delay the point where we can see our grandparents again. Don't forget that anyone who's stuck in a long-term care facility- My dad- They are taking the brunt of this. They are taking the brunt. They will be the very last in line to have things return to normal. I'm just very frustrated, especially seeing the messages that came in last week with all the people saying, nothing's changing for Thanksgiving. We're going to have 35 people over. Well, you know what? Like, I'm not seeing my extended family. We had to have the conversation last night. Oh, it's climbing back up. I guess it's just us. And I think a lot of other families are in that same position. And people who have been doing the right thing are frustrated.
0: This led to G and Ursula considering how they might alter their plans heading into the winter. Is there going to be any sacrifice you're going to make? So I guess I can start with myself. Lately, as you guys know, I
2: have an addictive personality. So I'm no longer doing delivery services. Mm-hmm. I'm now at the gym every single day. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess the question would be is this. Am I willing to cut that in half?
1: I don't want us to get back to the very beginning when everything had to shut down that's not good for our mental health that is not good for anything that's not good for business um but already this week i I scaled back on the number of times that i went out uh you know so i'm gonna try to do little things i'm not trying to say i'm going to become a hermit but i think earlier in the week you were saying i think we're all doing the best that we can clearly we're not and so clearly there's room for improvement and i'm not going to tell other people what they can do i'm just going to look at myself
0: okay last thing this isn't related to anything we've talked about on the show today but this episode is dropping right as the presidential debate is going on today on the tom and curly show leading up to the debate we talked about what you might expect john suggested an entirely novel debate format obviously if you're listening to this anytime after the debate happened you know more about it than we did when john said this but i'm Still pretty sure I'd rather see the debate that John suggests than the one they actually did.
2: What do you think about yeah. this? I think this would be better for American people. Okay. You're going to get both both vice president uh, candidates, get both vice president, and you get the president, and you mix them up. So it would be Harris and Trump are on one team. And you're going to get Biden and Pence on another, and you're going to do either scattergories, which is a fun game, or just basic charades, or you could do win, lose, or draw, any one of them, and they're going to play against oh each God. other. So, teaming them up, so you'd have Harris and Trump, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and she's given the clues, and, you know, one word movie. The password is Right. to the stars. I, I, would, I would pay money. I would watch that. I would watch. Oh, Pence. But just Pence play... Categories or anything I think it would yes. be hilarious Anything that you'd have to get Because he is so controlled That yes. it would be hilarious To so have stiff. to see him improvise Yeah, let's do Pence playing charades I'd pay good money to see that Right I like it and That would be fun And and, and the topic is uh, Academy Award winning movies Right, and right. Then, You know, what Trump doing that To me, that is good Then they've got to work together Because it's all about yes. working together The rest yes. of the stuff You don't learn anything anyway right.
4: Hello It's me. I'm in California dreaming about going out to eat just a burger with cheese or a shaken margarita, baby back ribs from Chili.
0: So, that's The Rundown for October 22nd, 2020. Again, I'm Jake Rummel. I also produce, edit, and mix The Rundown. Our special closing song for our coronavirus episode is Hello from the Inside, an Adele parody by Chris Mann. I would like to announce that here at The Rundown, we've received our first review on apple podcasts i won't usually be this creepy about it but i was able to figure out who it was and i tracked them down on twitter to thank them for it thank you again francis from walk my fluffy moving forward though i promise to mention you by name and the show credits anytime this happens in the future you don't always have time to listen to every cover radio show but you'll always have time for the Cairo radio rundown see you on tuesday